Hi everyone, welcome back to the Scottish Paranormal Podcast. I'm your host Chris and here we delve into the multitude of strange occurrences that happen in Scotland and beyond. You can contact us with your accounts at the Scottish Paranormal Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on all social media channels and you can contact us by either means. If you want to help the show grow, please like, subscribe and share. Wherever you pick up the content, this could be via audio or via YouTube. We'll get right into it now and we'll welcome our next guest into the show. Tonight's guest, yeah. we've got um, Gary Billcliffe on the show. He's a, a researcher and author of Earth Mysteries and Ancient, ancient Sites. Um, numerous number of books out, um, volumes one, two, and three, The Spiny Albion, Holy Axis, and a few others more. Um, welcome to the show tonight, Gary. How are you doing? Thank you. Um, great, thank you. I'm looking forward to um, to this evening. Yeah, I do appreciate um, you coming on and uh, Happy New Year to you as well, because it's quite early on the new year. Happy New Year to you too and all the listeners. Yeah, so just... Um, I'd like you just, if you want to kind of invite, your, invite you into the show and if you want to just explain to you, the guests, uh, a wee bit about yourself and how you became yeah. into researching the Earth Mysteries and, and ancient sites and becoming an author and that kind of stuff as well. Yes. Oh, most people know me uh, and my partner, Caroline Hall, from our book, The Spine of Albion, um, which has become increasingly popular since its publication in 2012. Mm. Uh, Myself, I'm I'm from Lancashire, and I grew up um, until I was in my thirties in that Lancashire area, Cumbria, and moved down to Dorset, where I began publishing Earth Mysteries and researching the Spine of Albion, um, leading eventually to the Holy Axis, which we've written recently. Um, but yeah, we've um, both of us um, we've always been different to others. We've always sensed a a little bit more of the spec- electromagnetic spectrum, if you like, than other people. So we see and hear things others don't, which makes it difficult uh, to fit in, we always find. But um, mm-hmm. that's why we sort of live um, apart from many people. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's great because we, we both have time on our hands um, and self-employed, so it enabled us to do the research mm-hmm. and not we've not been tied down with, with uh, mortgages and and having marriage and children. So we've had lots of time to, to you know, create um, a good archive of, of, uh, of knowledge. And we're, we're free to do that because we're not academics. And uh, it, I wanted to be an academic when I was younger, but um, the, the so-called truths they were telling me were not my truths. Um, even in history, they were telling me, that King Harold was was killed with an arrow in his eye, and I just intuitively felt that wasn't right. Mm. So I suppose I've always gone with my intuition, and it's always got me in the right place. So, so here I am. Hmm. Well, what initially? What initially made you just take the jump um, into research and earth mysteries? Mm. I think um, I was always told from when I was a young age that I have to look out for for the open doors and that there'll come a time in my life where there'll be an opportunity for me to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had to break away from family, um, like in the Grail Mysteries. The, 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 the Grail Quester uh, has to re- uh, get away from his family uh, and go out and quest on his own. 
like a vision quest, if you like. Yeah. And that, that opportunity came for me when I was 33, which is a key number, as most people know. Um, and um, it was a chance meeting, um, a dream, a lots of lots of messages were coming through, both physically and non-physically, um, which led to a meeting, which led to um, somebody telling me that I was supposed to be doing this. And then looking into, because of ley lines and earth energies, I was yeah. always interested in them because I could feel them, sense them, see them occasionally, um, where well, other people couldn't. You know, they take 10 people out of a, off the street and um, give them a dowsing rod. You know, maybe one out of 10 will, will, um, will douse an energy line, maybe five out of 10 a water line. Mm-hmm. But it's it's all about a spectrums of energy and what people can and where you are, where how much you can pick up on. Uh, that, that's the problem. See, not everybody can douse. Um, yeah. Um, not everybody can douse earth energy lines, uh, which is the high, more the higher spectrum. Um, Hamish Miller, the great dowser of earth energies, he had a near-death experience that allowed him to sense um, the, these uh, dragon lines, if you like. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, 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 I took some lessons from him. It was great because he had one great dragon line run through his property, called um, the Athena line, which is part of the Apollo axis that runs through Europe. Yeah. And um, he, he knew where it was. So he would get people to write, walk towards me, and I want you to tell visualize in your head the Athena current or a female energy line. And he knew the one, the people who could douse them because he could see, he knew where the line was, nobody else did. So yeah. it was a good way of practicing. But uh, but I'm, I'm, I realized then I could, Dowsall and he did, and um, he's he sort of inspired me to um, help find the spine of Albion, which is the kind of the um, the north south equivalent of the Michael line that he discovered back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. But a similar process, but again, I could do it, and it's not something I don't believe. It's my personal opinion. I don't think it's something you can teach. Uh, you can't teach a person to be psychic. I don't believe that is true. Mm. I think you you can make them, or you can open that. They have you have to evolve um, in your own journey um, yeah. to be able to become more psychic. You can't be told in a class um, or, or any method, or even any magic stones, to say that this is going to make you psychic. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's evolution of the spirits of the soul. Um, mm. It's, it's raising your vibrations to the higher vibrations where these ley lines and earth energies exist. Yeah, I totally agree with you with that. Um, it's, it's, well, know that I'm psychic in, in, in regards to that, it, but it's we what I've read through the years and what I've researched as well myself, and it's um, it's, it's definitely an, a, an evolutionary thing rather than something can something can get somebody could give you or yes. you could learn that. No, I mean, I think. You could potentially learn it, but it would take time, and it would take it would take you yeah. to evolve, and that would be you learning that through that kind of evolution. Yes. Isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, I take, do believe. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, on you go. No, carry on. You're right. <laughs> so, in, in regards to going back to the books, so the spiny album, so take it that the spine is a a, a ley line, or a, is that a dragon ley line? You call it? Yeah. Um. Just to. A lot of people are confused about um, the leyland earth energy 
uh, dragon line um, scenario. It's um, basically this the straight line that runs through the landscape that connects with all these sites uh, that you can draw on a map or Google Earth is known as a lay. Um, and the energies that are associated with that pathway um, are the energy lines. Often they are male and female, like along the Michael line. Hmm. Um, and that, that, that conforms to uh, the, the sort of figure of the caduceus in symbology. Um, and also in DNA, um, and as we know now, the um, the, the the tubes that uh, the Birkeland currents that run have been uh, discovered by scientists recently that uh, connect everything from planets. Um, um, and and as I think um, these energy lines and particular pathways are similar to smaller Birkeland currents on the on the Earth itself. And I think plasma is the key to a lot of the mysteries as we've been putting out in our new book the holy axis and i think there's a, it's a form of plasma that the energy lines are made from the energy that's behind the energy lines if you like is a form of plasma mm -hmm. and that plasma has intelligence and those who are psychic can actually communicate with the lines um and which is what we hear from people all over the world they're saying you know i can communicate with this line you know how can that be you know this psychic has intelligence mm -hmm. With, but, with um, the in, re, in regards to doing that psychically and you learning it through the through the years, um, with Dowson and, and such like and moving on through there, um, is the I mean, because like science is now the technology wise is is a bit more advanced than it was maybe back in the day. Yes. Are you finding now that there's there's more an incline for um, a scientific study that's going to be able to recordable more data on this because of the technology that people have today. Absolutely, I think um, science will catch up with metaphysics. Um, uh, the two will come together. I think a lot of um, a lot, a lot of the UFO phenomena, the poltergeist, um, supernatural phenomena. Um, it can all be explainable in science soon. It can now, actually. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, if, if we understand that um, everything around us isn't as real as we think it is, and only just what we see in our narrow spectrum of vision. Yeah. Um, you know, even even animals around us see more than we do. <laughs> totally. Mm. Uh, you know that if anybody's got a cat, and, yeah. and you watch your cat following something across the room and, and <laughs> spooks the hell out of you. Um, and. Yeah. You know, even some cats are more psychic than others, I've found. <laughs> we had that back in the day in my old house where I stayed, and um, we we had the cats and dogs following the same thing in the room multiple times. Um, yeah. And it was it was near like a flyer in like that. It was like they, they seen yeah. something that was there. Um, but, property yes. Yeah. And it, you probably had a lot of that around you anyway, because um, I've found throughout my research, those people who are doing this kind of research attract sort of energies and supernatural energies to them as well mm. so you, you end up um like john keel the great researcher says you know the more you research this stuff the more it notices you yeah totally i mean it's like you when you stare at the best the best looks back um that comment but there was one thing i was i was going to say um when you were talking about um before the conversation we had before in regards to being psychically aware as a child 
Um, yeah. I, I do believe that quite a lot of children are aware of that when they're younger and some tend to ignore it and some tend to, it, it still stays with them when they pass a certain age. Um, yeah. And some it goes, but I'm a, I'm a great believer in that, that quite a lot of kids have, have got it at that age and when they're pretty young anyway. Uh, yeah, I think there comes a point where if you want to fit in, you know, you're going to have to sort of keep quiet about it and, <laughs> or or put it to the back of your head. Because if you start talking to it, even a five-year-old and you're telling your mum, dad, that you've seen things, they'll say, oh, don't be silly, you yeah. know, shut up or something. And eventually you shut it off. Hmm. But luckily I had a, a psychic grandmother who would encourage that from me. So uh, thanks to her, I didn't shut it off and, and it stayed with me. Um so I think it, it, it's uh, important to encourage that in um, children. Um, but, you know, it's, it's difficult to fit in in, the, in this world if you see more than others. Uh, I know that. Lots of other people do. It's um, Definitely. Always, you know, like I said, take 10 people off the street and, and many of them, maybe one has got a little bit more of the spectrum. So the other nine people are going to call that one person uh, mad, you know, yeah. uh, that's, that's the way it is on the earth. <laughs> that's the way it is with, with psychics and psychic researchers like myself and others. But but I think now what, what we can you just relate there, and we're talking about the science here and how technology's mm. slightly catching up and yeah. science is catching up for all these maybe um, scientists uh, in, in any field in regards to like maybe, for example, you've got the UFO field and you've got maybe Earth Mysteries yeah. field where maybe yeah. get archaeologists with them. Um, we just disregard things that they couldn't understand. And then um, yes. scientists of the day looking at the UFO field, we do the exact same. But we're now seeing a, a general convergence between um, things like in the gas, like quantum physics, consciousness, mm -hmm. spirituality, can you come in together in, in some kind of sense where you can link a lot into each other? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I I think there is... It's a, it's a broad range of phenomena that's going on. I mean, some of it's linked. I think certainly the monster stuff and the and the earth light stuff are very much linked, or the plasma stuff with the monster stuff. Um, but there's also a time thing going on as well, where you know there are, um, if you like, extraterrestrials or interterrestrials more likely coming uh, from the future or the past. Yeah. Um, um, that that sort of thing is going on as well because. Um, studying, you know, all the great ufologists, they all say that one of the common things the UFO aliens want to know is what time frame is this or where are we? You know, what um, so as if they've come from a different uh, universe or parallel world or, or a different time. Hmm. So you've got a lot going on, uh, in my view. There's, there's also the plasma morphing into something that we want to see as well, which is quite common in a lot of um, UFO sightings where it starts with a ball of light and ends either in a Virgin Mary or Bigfoot or um, an alien. Um, and I think, you know, we've seen Uf UFOs uh, in the UFO record that the early sightings showed that the people who'd been on board the craft, he said, you know, would see levers and and, and bars and, and buttons and, um, you know, and as we've progressed in technology, people have been abducted by ships that have gone up technology as well, yeah. which that shouldn't be. You know, if they, in the past they would have gone on a very, if it was from um, another world, it would have high tech, right? right, right yeah, that, that's the thing as well. I do think about when you've got, if you've got like some super advanced machine 
that's that's um, that advanced, and you're maybe seeing it in the seventies, and it, you're, yeah. you're seeing it maybe a decade later. That yeah. that thing shouldn't really change that much, and and relevant to like the the technology. Um, yes, and I, I agree with you there. I mean, that's a, that's a funny one that, and it's like it's, it's almost like a, I don't know. It's, but now we're in a, in a kind of situation now where it's almost like it's you're you're, you're creating or, or it's, it's creating something for you. You're creating it. Uh, yeah, you are part. You are part creating it. Yes, I agree. And um, unless you are lucky enough to encounter somebody from a different uh, parallel world, which. Um, which there are laws as, as well, which means they can't really interfere too much in, in our little world because um, as far as I know, with, with lots of paranormal stuff, uh, these creatures don't last long here. Even John Keel noted that in his thousands of cases that these monsters or aliens appear, but they only have a short time uh, and they, they either disappear or they, they leave. Um, so it's, only, it's only brief incursions into our reality. Um, well, and we found that with most sightings, um, I think one good thing about researching the Blumenstein, we've been given hundreds of reports of strange phenomena along the line. Yeah. Um, so we've got quite an archive of, uh, of mysterious paranormal things. Uh, for my favourite place, of course, is the Isle of Wight, which for me is the most paranormal island in the UK. Um, apart from, of course, the Lothians, which are in your area, which... Mm. Um, has just uh, as much paranormal stuff as anywhere else, but uh, certainly in England, the Isle of Wight uh, is is an is an epicenter of paranormal phenomena. One of the questions I was going to ask you um, in regards to phenomena, and I know obviously along along the line, there's like multiple sacred sites um, that you've 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 found and researched mm. um, on multiple different lines, and. So in regards to, I know what you're talking about in regards to the plasma, um, mm. is, I mean, is why is that kind of part where you 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 see a more manifestation of um, creatures at sacred sites or UFO phenomena at a sacred site? Why would it be mainly at a sacred site rather than just a lot? Is it right along the line or would it be more in kind mm. to be like one of these points? Yes, I, I think the points do give off um, higher... Like, Electromagnetism, and mm -hmm. um, so if if you are psychic, um, then being in that field uh, allows you to participate in what's going on, or or, or tune into what's going on, or even you know connect to your higher self and, and get inspiration at those places, because mm -hmm. the energy is much higher. We call the node points, where you get you know two of the male or one of the male and female currents crossing, um, certainly near the alignment. We call these node points, and um, they and they are mysterious. But the ancients knew about them because most of them are on prehistoric sites, or they've been marked by prehistoric peoples. Um, so it's I think throughout time, I think we don't know how to use the energy, and I think the ancient prehistoric peoples, um, the the uh, so-called Neolithic people, I think they knew how to use this energy and probably used it. Um, <clears throat> for a number of reasons to connect with um, intelligences beyond those, their intelligences. So perhaps they, they would call it communicating with the gods, but it's just communicating with, with uh, higher consciousness, <clears throat> probably, or plasma consciousness. 
because plasma can come through at these node points where the geology is um, very strong, the, the friction of the geology is very strong, creating more energy. Mm. <clears throat> it's all about energy, really. It's like Roslyn Chapel is in a, is in set in a place of massive um, ge uh, geological energy mm. coming from water, um, the fault lines, and um, yeah, the the very nature of the of, of the Roslyn ground itself um, <clears throat> sort of focuses towards the chapel, so it allows it to be a, a thin veil place, if you like. Yeah. Um, maybe, and I know it sounds crazy, but a lot of people are coming to this conclusion that um, in the future we'll learn to not travel to distant planets, but um, move into other parallel worlds that do exist um, alongside ours. Um, these worlds may be very similar to ours. They may not be as nice as well, or they may be better than ours, but uh, I think the ancients um, knew how to move through time and space at these places um, and it explains why so many of the ancient tribes dis why they how where they disappeared to and why they disappeared uh, the mines for instance as millions of mines have suddenly disappeared mm -hmm. but um, they were also masters uh, of earth energy and um, geomancers and knew what these places of power where you could probably move through you know like um, um yeah, like uh, like some of these TV programs we watch today, where people like they're the Fringe, for instance. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of truth in the Fringe series um, about parallel worlds. Maybe not a war between the two, as they depict, but certainly um, discovering ways of moving across. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's not just parallel worlds either. It's um, it could be a, a distant worlds as well. So movement won't be through rockets in space, but through um, yeah. Do, do, you, do you believe as well where you get um, on these convergence points or um, the nodes and, 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 and even on the ley lines where you might have manifestations or appearances, you know, be something coming through for somebody else, albeit maybe for a short space of time, um, sometimes even longer. Does yes. that work in the other footing where I know you lead to it there, where people disappear and um, mm. go missing? At these yes. points as well, maybe some like some of them slip through for some reason and can't get back. I I know of a case, uh, uh, several cases actually, where that has happened. Um, there's one well-written case. I think Andrew Collins refers to it in his uh, book. Um, um, I've got aliens, I think, um, but he refers to a story about this man who spent the night in West Kennet Longbarrow, and in the middle of the night he wanted to get up to to uh, relieve himself. And found uh, it was in a different landscape. The fields looked completely different. Um, I don't think there was any crops in the field, but um, it spooked him because it looked like a different world. Hmm. Um, but instead of panicking, um, he just thought, well, I'm, I'm going mad, I'm going mad. So he went back in to the barrel, fell asleep. And when he woke up, he was back in this reality. Hmm. But um, he, I think he thought that if he'd have started to wander off into the this other world he might not have got back mm -hmm. and he'd be one of many hundreds of probably thousands of people that go missing um throughout this country and other countries that there's no explanation for at all it's, it's um, interesting when you when you look back any any like through for example even the reverend robert kirk one of the, like the first yeah. paranormal investigators of the day um yes when you look we at write him, about him. 
Yeah, when you look at some <laughs> of his his reports and that, and it wasn't just all theories and, and things like that, but quite a lot of the actual things he, he looked at was mm. disappearances and reappearances and and um, and second sight. But some of it was like more about like people would say it was like more like a present day abduction scenario, but it was like certain places where people would disappear and come back. Yeah, uh, there's stories of that yeah. even back then. Um, well, Aberfeldy is situated right next to one of the greatest fault lines in Britain. Mm -hmm. Right by it, literally, you can see this the, the Great Highland Fault. Great from, Highland uh, Fault, yeah, yeah. From, from Aberfeldy and you know Dune Hill. Um, Dune Hill's on our in our book, The Holy Axis. Uh, yeah, it's, it's right actually, through that. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it um, kicks in about there and goes right up through, right up mm -hmm. through that point we have Aberfeldy, and if you go right along yeah. that. There's there's stone circles all the way dotted up that as well, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And people, you know, have gone missing around these faults. Uh, there's another one, another case of a couple um, at Loch End, uh, the other end of Loch Ness, who disappeared. Uh, they were just, they were caught in a storm and never seen again. But apparently 100 years later, a couple appeared um, in the future um, this, with the same description. Um, and they, uh, they jumped 100 years uh, in this electric storm. On the fault line, which is Loch Ness, yeah, um, extremely powerful fault line. Of course, most paranormal investigators have found Loch Ness has not just got a monster; it has all kinds of phenomena. Um, it's a massive, what we call a, a hot spot of uh, UFO activity. Yeah, there's a... um, other other beasts and monsters and black cats and uh, yeah, you name it. Um, Loch Ness, the Valley of Loch Ness, has it all. There's um there's also on um just with the convergence but when it when it comes up with the fault line and after mm -hmm. the fault fault line um on the is it the up the the south side of the loch there's a, yes. a large geomagnetic anomaly there as well yes um, yeah. there yeah. um which yeah. is quite interesting but you've also got like the Cairngorms which is um yeah. a vast number of, of things up there where you've got all the quartz the granite and yes. the quartz. Scotland as a whole has so many major fault lines running through it and, and the mountains, the crystal, the water, all those, it's all elements to create plasma and, and psychic phenomena. I mean, Loch Lomond, um, we, we write a lot about Loch Lomond and its mysteries. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, 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 there's more to get my teeth into in Scotland than there is in England um, because of, of the energy up there. Mm -hmm. I mean, going back to like even the Cairngorms, for example, the Mount multiple different things up there. Um, it's, it's an area where I want to look into a bit more as well up there, the Cairngorms, because you've got there's so much going on where you've got like the the big green man, Ben McDo, the stories for there. They, yes, they go back. They go back. They actually go back. They go back. Only go back roughly about a hundred years, right? But there mm -hmm. was there's other there's other stories. Jumping a bit off topic here, but there's other stories that. Um, that went back a few hundred years before that, which were maybe mm. 60 or 80 miles away. And mm. um, Affleck Gray didn't link the two together because he thought they were too far away. But mm. um, but if you look at like some of the reports, like the kind of present day reports, like these things like travel and, and whatever else, but, but you've got that up there. Then you've got obviously the, um, the, the theory society. They had like a, like a, um, a pilgrimage, Hill up there as well, which is next to Ben McDo. Um, uh -huh. It's just a, it's a whole kind of plethora of stuff up there. You know what I mean, it's it's right next to Ben McDo. It's like it's walking distance. 
um, for Ben McDougall. They've got like a pilgrimage um, hill where mm. they, they still go to and stuff like that, or people within the theory society go to. Um, but that's ah, interesting. But so, I mean, yeah. Go, yeah. going back to, sorry, on you go. No, I, I was going to say, I first read that story back in the year when I was in, in my late teens in a book called Enchanted Britain, talking mm. about the, the, the ghost or, or the beast of Ben McDoo. So it was an inspiring tale that was. <laughs> quite a scary one. It's, it's interesting but, because it was prominent, there's like quite prominent um, mountaineers that relayed the story, uh, a few of them. And um, and one of them actually didn't, he didn't relay the story until another, it was, I think it was like 20 years after it or something like that. And then, uh, but he, he said he would never go in the mountain himself again after mm. that. And yeah. I, I think he's seen, I think he actually, because the thing he said he'd never seen it, but other people say they actually seen it. And there's been mm. loads of other reports. And there's other things as well that I found interesting about it, um, where there was people had reports in the Larry Grew, which is just, it's just down the hill for the Ben McDo. There's a mountain over the, across from Ben McDo, which is called the Devil's Point. Used to be called yeah. the Devil's, used to be called the Devil's Penis. But they changed the name because uh, the Queen was visiting and stuff. Like that, so yes. they changed it. But you've got so many things up there, and there's like stories, not just the people seeing the Ben McDo thing and and that. You've got stories of people being up on the hill, and it's almost like they go into a trance and talk to somebody else. There's stories of that and things like that as well. But just like the energies up there, but it's mm. um, there's a whole plethora of things that but people go missing up there as well. And that's the thing is like people go missing up there, found again. Um, some people just go missing, but yes. people are found again. But it's because their compass goes off, or the just the, the the geology and things like that, um, and, yes. and, and things like that every year. Yeah, or, or like like the um, like the young couple uh, in Roslyn Glen who went out for a walk, and they were sat there opposite where um, uh, where the cave is, and. Um, Suddenly they heard people um, in the distance shouting their names and they got up and, and asked what was wrong. And they said they'd been missing for 24 hours. They said, well, you know, we haven't had any, we've just come here after lunch, sat down, had a talk and we heard you coming. So we haven't had any sense of that amount of time passing. They instantly shot forward in time that's, that's, without them realising it. That's uh, and that's that these time jumps... Uh, time slips uh, are so common throughout the British Isles uh, and Scotland as well. So perhaps people have, I've had a time slip experience myself when I was um, 14 and I was up in Cumbria and um, we was, I was actually on a, on a outward bound school sort of um, a few days uh, camping trip up in um, near Coniston and we um we decided uh, that on this particular day we'd all go rock climbing, but I says uh, after breakfast I'm just going for a short walk up the hill. Um, I'll be back in a minute. So I went up the hill, and then I, I saw this tree um, with a great view. So I got to open its branches, saw this amazing view, and I thought, wow, this is incredible. And I got this real sensation of of uh, of ecstasy throughout my body, and um, and seeing all these colours, I thought, wow, you know what's going on. Um, and I just thought, uh, I couldn't move. I was sort of frozen there. Um, and then bef before I knew it, um, I could sense the light had gone down and there were people calling my name. And um, a whole day had passed, but for me, just 
five five minutes or a few minutes of this feeling mm. and other people have said that too there's a feeling there's a feeling a quite a, a euphoric feeling that comes with these time sort of jumps um and that's the first time i've had that experience but um i've had it in other uh, in other circumstances but uh, in in churches as well i've um, gone missing people look for me and then suddenly i've appeared again and of course i've haven't had any sense of loss of time but i've I've jumped. Um, yes, it's a strange thing. It's totally interesting, though. I mean, I mean, the whole kind of thing where where that the time slips and the fact where people actually um, either potentially transporting somebody else, even mm. regardless of time. But um, mm. there's another one as well, which I just wanted to mention there when we're on the subject of the, the Ben McDo thing and, and the Cairngorms. Yes, there was yeah. one other person in the Cairngorms who got found. I think it was in it was must have been. Um, the 19, I'm sure it was the 40s, might have been more than the 40s or 50s, where there was a guy we found with a, a, a full suit on and a bowler hat and stuff like that, a briefcase, dead. Um, like, well, 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 right up in the middle of the Cairngorms where he, he shouldn't have been with that type of tyre on. And to get where he was, you were talking, it would be, it would have probably been like a, about a six, seven hour hike or something like that to get there. Um, and I think the explanation for it was somebody potentially jokingly told him that the train to somewhere else was like up a certain route and he went that way. That was the explanation mm. for it. But nobody actually told the guy mm. that. I think that was just like mm. some some local probably told him that and that he yes. they off the train at the wrong stop and they told him to, to walk up the Rothy Murkis way and he ended up way up the back of the Cairngorms, which I find like just totally implausible. But um, yes. uh, but I'm, I'm sure it was. A, I'll, I'll need to read back in it. I'm sure it was like the 40s or 50s, but um, just mm. it was totally out of place. Um, yeah. And there's somebody else up that naked. There was one mm. never I've actually found out who he was, but the Ben Older man um, was just a man who was found up um, in the where was it? Uh, up in Ben Older, basically. I um, I can't remember the date it was, but he was never never knew who he was. Never got to find out who the guy was. Um, but mm. I totally interesting. Um, going, going back to the so going back to the um the ley lines, what mm. what took you on your your research or your quest going into looking at the the holy axis? Um, that again that that was um, well it, it we we were on Lindisfarne for actually the, a holiday. Um, we'd finished the spine of Albion. We thought we'd just have a few days and I'd never been on Holy Island, Lindisfarne. Um, it's a beautiful place. Stayed there. So, so we rented a cottage on there and um, the first night we were there, I, I had a dream that um, there was this um, line of rocks or something. I, 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 kept, I, I felt myself walking along this, this row of, like a <clears> line <throat> of rocks and uh, I couldn't expect, I mentioned it to my partner and she said, yeah, Caroline, she said, yeah, she had the same dream. Um, so we thought that was strange, and um, but we didn't think much of it because strange things often happen. We all have strange dreams. Uh, but that day, we was walking along Lindisfarne. We saw a map, and we saw this line of basalt that runs along the bottom of the island, where the priory and the churches and the sacred cuspids are. We're all part of this fault line, if you like. So I thought about it. I thought, I wonder if that has something to do with our dream. Um, but anyway, we ignored it. We carried on. The next night, uh, we woke up in the morning. We'd had another dream. This time, we were walking these line of rocks with with dowsing rods, and Carol had the same dream. So, 
we thought, well, maybe the spirit of the island, the genius Loki, if you like, is telling us something about this this fault line. Uh, maybe we need to douse it and see what was going on. So Caroline had was already forewarned before this trip by a psychic that something would be calling us at Lindisfarne. It had something to do with the with the energy of Bride or Bridget or the goddess sort of uh, Britain, if you like, in Celtic times. So. Um, and we found a couple of places dedicated to Bride um, on the island, which is interesting. But um, uh, we doused it, this, this line of rocks, and we came across um, sort of a female energy that seemed to be in distress because uh, she was a dragon line, which means we could douse components within uh, her flow, like wires in a in 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 the 13 amp wire in your house there, there's a positive and negative uh, and other lines and wires within that and we was it would kind of douse would when you douse those components you know you're dealing with some energy um dragon sort of line serpent current um so we, we followed it and it went across to bambra castle and bambra um, I've got this legend of a of a dragon being being slayed and um, to do with the cave underneath. Um, so this started as on um, on a quest to see if if Bamber Castle was also on this line, and, and if, of course it was. And then we, while we were dowsing around the castle, we found another line coming in, a uh, similar um, similar sort of feel to it, but of a male um, type. So we. Um, so we found a node point uh, right on a point in the castle where there was probably an underground cave, which is where this dragon's supposed to have been kept. Um, so um, it, that uh, started as um, thinking because this psychic also said to us, while you go, you must connect with Roslyn Chapel. So when I got home um, after... Um, having that experience, I, I just put a line from Banbury Castle to, to Roslyn and it, and it carried on um, through on Google Earth, that is, and it carried on through the Isles of Loch Lomond, um, passing close to Kilmartin up to Iona. Mm-hmm. And in the opposite direction, it was going towards the, um, the Farn Isles. So it, it was like a line of islands because it also connected with several other little islands within Scotland and, and Northumbria. Mm-hmm. And they're all associated with Celtic priests. Um, and, you know, sort of the grail mysteries are associated with the places as well. Um, the Banbury Castle has the, the sort of associated with Lancelot and um, the Lothians with King Lot. Um, and Cairn Papel um, and lots of other places were associated with Arthur, although this, they we're talking about the Scottish Arthur, son of Aidan. Um so it, we, we realised there was a whole story come up here. So um, we decided to go back the next year, um, spend a, a week there and follow this this line from Lindisfarne. And um, and it took us to a no point at Roslyn Chapel, uh, passing all these incredible cup and ring mark plateaus like Doddington and um, others. Um, and then on to Cairn Papel is another node, Torficken, um, mm. the preceptory of the, uh, the, the Knights Hospitaller. Yeah. Um, and then the two sacred isles of Loch Lomond, um, where there was an Isle of the Monks and the Isle of the uh, Nuns, uh, which is interesting. And um, 
the whole line just had so much uh, of interest and and so connected mm-hmm. connected with uh, sites associated with uh, with the great poet um, um, Scott. Um, um, so yeah, uh, that's how the book started, the Holy Access. And of ten years later, after you know, even in the middle of COVID as well, yeah. um, we managed to finish it. So if, I've got a picture here. What there is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll share the I'll share the, all the books in the show notes as well. And um, yeah, and yeah. Get, that, so, sorry, and you go. Yeah, that, that's been an incredible journey because uh, the very the very last node we didn't know about until the very last minute because we thought it all ended at Iona, mm-hmm. but um, both of us started to sense there was something other than Iona. Um, Caroline came up to me one day and says, "You know, I've been having these dreams that there's another node we've missed out." Mm-hmm. So and I had the same feeling, but I didn't want to tell her because you know we we were already exhausted through doing all this stuff for so long. We have to do it all again. So, but anyway, we realised that there must be something. So we looked at it all in detail again to see if we'd made any mistakes, uh, and then eventually we come to realise it was beyond Iona the node point. Um, and so um, when we when we looked at the map. Um, and and Dale's the map, we realised it was Tyree um, that was at the end of the line, the last node. Um, and Tyree was a real eye-opener. Um, it's such a sacred island um, because it's it's not like any other islands, as you might know if you've been to Tyree. It's, there, there's crops on the island. There's, there's fields, fertile fields, you know. There's, um, it's, it's, um, it's a very fertile island. It's known as the Isle of Healing. There's lots of holy wells, standing stones, stone circles on the island. It has more going for it than Iona. Uh, if it wasn't for the, you know, the Christians' uh, sites in Iona, yeah. Tyree feels um, far, far more sacred. So it seemed that um, Tyree seemed to be the perfect sort of Isle of the Grail for us, um, starting for, with Bambra and the male warrior, Ending at the Grail Island, um, so that's a little bit anyway. But when you're when you're plotting out the the line, like the ley line, how far mm. do you divert off it? If you, is, it, is that a straight line, and you divert off? As I mean, is it like, to go right through everything, or what can? Well, you- I'll tell you. I'll tell you how we worked out the line for for this holy axis, um, because. The, the the first node um, was at Bamber Castle, and, and that uh, there wasn't a node on on, on Lindisfarne. So, yeah. at first, I was taking the line from Lindisfarne, so I'll take it from the node point at Bamber Castle. Um, and then when I uh, we also found that there's a node point right in the centre of Roslyn Chapel, underneath the um, the the, um, the, uh, the the something stone what they call it the. Um, like the pivot stone, the um, of the uh, of the chapel, um, it's it's like a stone with a pointer down. Yeah, it'll be yeah, yeah. I've forgotten what they call it now, but um, is this is this the one that's yeah. next to the front altar where it's that it comes down? Is no, that... it's in the, it's in the centre of the aisle, uh, between in the middle of the chapel, almost opposite the two doors. Ah, uh, right, as okay. you, yeah. It, um, I think um, some of the authors here have pointed that out. 
my library, although it might have been, might be the site where there is um, a, cha- a hidden chamber below. I don't know, mm-hmm. or, or it, it conforms to the Holy of Holies in King Solomon's uh, tem- temple. If you um, put a plan of it over, but yeah, um, yeah, it's it um, the pen- this pendant stone. It uh, marks the spot. Um, and we thought, well, wouldn't it have been better if the node point was either, you know, right in the altar area or in front of the pillars? It, it, it wasn't even marked by anything, but we kept dowsing, going back and checking to see if we were wrong. And then one day while we were there, um, the guide was had the guide of the chapel was, was getting these people to queue up and stand on, on this very spot that we picked. And... Um, and I, and I was curious. I asked the guide afterwards, why are you asking people to stand on that spot? She said, because most psychic people who come in here feel that that's a real power point, that there's more energy there than anywhere else that's interesting. in yeah. the chapel. And I thought it's really interesting because that's where we found a no point, you know, of, 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 of earth energies. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, yes, yes, many people find earth energies here, you know, and they find it over there and over there. So... <laughs> Um, but for us, you know, that meant something really powerful. So, mm-hmm. and and that was a work. So we, we fixed the axis between that really powerful node and, and, and Banbury Castle, and that's and that took it to the the exactly through um, uh, Cairn Papal, exactly the, the 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 actual hinge, exactly through the Torfic and Preceptory, not you know a hundred yards away, a hundred feet right through the Preceptory. Ah, right through it. Um, and right through the two holy islands and straight through the to the um Oren's chapel uh, on Iona where, where the king's graveyard um with the graveyard of the kings so um so that that's how we fix the line now you're going to say what does that have any power but um um i think i think there is a certain power with these lines because um everything is in threes, I always find. All power engine threes, there has to be, there can't be the male and female currents without the middle axis for it to follow. Uh, it's the same with, with all electrical currents. There has to be um, a, a, a sort of third element, a, a, a line, if you like, um, that, uh, that has a composite of the two energies, mm-hmm. uh, the third force, if you like. And... Um, Many people who are very gifted at dowsing can douse these access lines as well. Um, but we used it um, because they are dead straight um, delays. Um, it's easy to use Google Earth to um, uncover them. But sometimes Google Earth is not as accurate as it can be. So sometimes you have to look at maps as well um, and other forms of um, uh, sighting tools as well because... Yeah. Uh, uh, on a survey, take liberties with sites. You know, a lot of them are not where they should be on the map. Um, so we know that. I mean, Robin Heath will say that as well because he's found inaccuracies with ordnance survey. So, yeah, but a good way, you know, for us, that's how we plotted the line. But for us, it was the pathway of the currents that um, seem to have the more of interest for us because they really carry the energy, the male and female currents. Mm-hmm. Um, and where they cross to me were key places and of course they do cross exactly on the axis in many places and they proved to be fascinating sites with layers of history um that would take me hours to talk about it um i'd, I'd be interested to see where where the 
where the line lies, how far from my house. <laughs> so I'm actually from from where are you? I can see Cairn Purple from the uh, from my oh, yeah. from my um, front door. In and, the Basket um, Hills. Yeah. So I'm literally yeah. about three and a half miles from Durfican. And um so I can I can see Cairn Purple and then just over to the side. If I can see with the way the, I'll need to actually check in Google Maps, but the receptor yes. is just like that way as well. So it'll run in that kind of direction. I'm mean, yes. interested if it comes through my house, but I don't think it will. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there are quite a few lines running through that area. And of course, it is a UFO hotspot as well. Totally, yeah. yeah. Or plasma hotspot, if you want to call it that. Mm. Uh, Graham Gardens also dabs lines through there, the Harry Bell line, um, amongst others. Um, yeah, there's, 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 it's a complex. Um, you know, I think Ken Papel is, is, is a is a capsule of time. You know, going right back to to the earliest sort of religious uh, forms of, of uh, sacred site, right to the present, um, to Saxon times as well. So, mm -hmm. it's a unique place. I think Ken Papel deserves more attention than it does. Yeah, it's a shame about the communications tower there, but uh, yeah, because it's on a high point. Because it is on a high point, and everybody wants communications, and nothing we can do. Yeah, that's that's one thing I I do I do not like about up there, but the fact that the, the mm -hmm. tower. Um, I've got a thing electrosensitivity, which is the great for in this day and age with Wi-Fi and everything else, and up there, the, it's, it's it's fine, but I'd rather the tower not being there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for that thing, but um, it's um. It's an interesting place, and uh, the amount of, like, the Lothians, and, I mean, when you look at Cairn Papel, when you look at the amount of different um, UFO reports and mm, other different yeah. types of reports as well, just in that vicinity over a number of yeah. years, um, yeah. I mean, there, there's loads. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, and, and they're all, I mean, I, I can use that as a convergence point just for a, a reference mm. and to see where this phenomena is, like, you've yes. got that much phenomena coming through. And then you've got people, when they talk about UFOs in Scotland, they always talk about Bonnie Bridge and stuff. But Bonnie Bridge is, when mm. all that flap happened in the 90s, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't just confined to Bonnie Bridge. It did spread over to, like, the Lothians yeah. and Armadale and Bathgate yes. and Armageddon and, and further afield. Trying to so. Yeah, yeah, totally. All, and, all about uh, to Edinburgh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, totally. So, I mean, but I think people can think the main flap was, like, just Bonnie Bridge, but it did kind of stretch further than that. But even at that... Bonnie Bridge is only about, it's, it's roughly about, as a crow flies, about 13, 14 miles away from there as well. Um, but there's, there, there's so much, there's, there's still there's still stuff coming through. We still get like reports from that coming through and and um, yeah. just various things. I mean, there was there was one recently where there was like a, somebody had videoed like a, like an orb, I'm just going off tangent here, but I'll just tell you this. I mean, so somebody videoed like an orb, um, mm. Probably it looked roughly about a mile away, and it was mm. a, a bright, intense light. It was above the trees, tree line. Yeah. You could see a plane in the background, so you knew we stayed a flight path. So we know if planes are light, but somebody videoed that just a quick video, and it, it sat stationary for a wee bit, then kind of slightly moved. But when you seen mm. it during the day, you could actually see that it was really, really low, and it was just above a, a certain tree line, and, and the planes fly at a different, a different height, a different kind of way, you know yeah. that kind of stuff. Unknown to the person who videoed it. Um, in the same in the same vicinity, there was um that that was like the there's a prominent kind of UFO encounter up there, but the police were involved and stuff up the back of Blackridge between Blackridge and Armadale, um, mm -hmm. which is a kind of black triangular prism shaped object 
It was the exact same location, the exact same location. I went and I went and looked at it. So I could look in where the video was taken, look in Google Earth, and I triangulated it back to the same point. Yeah. And then, interestingly enough, as well, there was another um, researcher had had sent me a just a, a message on somebody else had seen something that was like a a, a cryptid type thing, and it was in the same vicinity as well, unbeknown to mm. I know where these places are. So I've been there, and I've been like. Yeah. Yes. Like a, the guy who had the actual encounter back in the day, he, he took me to the exact spot. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, yeah. it's an interesting place. I mean, I do think it's a window area, isn't it? Definitely. That's what we call a window area. I mean, I've I've seen these um, balls of plasma throughout my life, um, and I've been lucky to be in, uh, have an encounter with one in front of nine other people, and we all witnessed it, and it all um, it we were. St- standing um, outside uh, a pub late at night. Uh, we were only 16 and the, the teachers were inside having getting drunk um, or having a few pints. And uh, we, we were confined to, to the, uh, the balcony of the pub where we were in soft drinks, but nobody else was around, just us, because it was sort of early May, um, or was it late April? I can't remember. But um, we saw um, what looked like a... Um, a moving star or, or somebody said a comet but um but it stopped dead and you know I, I remember saying i've never seen a comet stop dead before and then as we all looked at it and this is the key thing once you put attention to these lights you draw them to you and as soon as we all started to focus on it and look at it and wonder what it was it sensed us and came swooping down to us and it hovered above us and it looked like to me now, because of my psychic ability, I could see for what it was. It was a, a ball of fire, but not fire, like plasma. I know in laboratories now I've seen balls of plasma, and that's exactly what they look like. They're like miniature suns, a sort of swirling energy inside of them, you know. Mm. Uh, and then it's an intense light as well. And it hovered over us for about five, five or ten seconds and then shot off, you know, like engaging warp and star starship um it just incredible speed uh, and it shot off in the direction of uh monmouth um along a well-known ley line funny enough as i later found out but um having that experience when i was only 14 um also with that time slip experience sort of completely shaped my life i'm I, I, there's something out there you know i knew that um it was exists and that um we're denying it in some ways, and there's huge cover-ups about these mysterious energies. And uh, that got me, that gave me the inspiration to look into all this stuff. And, um, yeah, and we'd seen them around where we live here in Dorset a lot, uh, the Jurassic Coast signs full of um, balls of light. And it's not mainly the geology here, because a lot of it's chalk, but it's the underground water especially through what we call the upper green sand, which is like a sandstone. Yeah. And the friction of, and pressure of the water underneath creates incredible pressure and, and uh, build-ups of energy. And it, it, when it's released, it creates an ionised gas, and ionised gas is, is plasma. Mm-hmm. But it, I found that the local geoplasma doesn't have a long life. It, it, it goes off into the air, It'll move about, do incredible things, and then either fizzle out or go back into the ground again, mm. which, you know, thousands of sites re- refer to that kind of uh, sighting. 
uh, where it just appears and then disappears. Yeah. Um, but um, some forms of plasma that that are out out of the atmosphere, which is what the one we saw at Simmons Yacht in the Forest of Dean, that came out of the atmosphere and that could live longer and um, and connect with us. Conscious. Um, yeah. It had more. It, yeah, it had consciousness, and uh, it was a different form of it's a different form of life. I mean, we have to look at plasma as a form of life, um, a higher higher form of life than humans, mm-hmm. um, and that uh, they do have intelligence, uh, and that in the past the ancients knew how to attract plasma and hold it, and in devices like the Ark of the Covenant, which is a condenser that can hold the energy. And it even says in the legends that the Ark was to contain the force of God so that people could speak to it wherever they went. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense to me that um, the ancients knew about plasma, these balls of light. We, we just, we're, we're all very confused about these balls of light. We're afraid of them. We, it, they prey on our fears and manifest as some monsters or, or, or creatures when... Um, if we actually, um, if we sort of project love at these things, like people have done in Avebury, they appear as angels and uh, other things, which has, again, been written by Andrew Collins in some of his books. Um, so, you know, we, we um, they respond to us in a way. Um, and I think the ancients understood these the creatures, uh, this force uh, was able to use it, maybe manipulate it, maybe use it as a source of power. Um, but certainly uh, as a source of guidance as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think most of the early cultures talk about uh, their gods coming out of caves uh, in the mountains. Uh, plasma uh, is born in many mountains, um, like Ben McDo, you know, it's a mountain that probably naturally forms plasma um, because of its crystalline makeup, yeah. um, and anybody who's a fearful person living up there, because the human condition, we in our psyche, there's monsters because we we, we watch the television, we watch read books, yeah. um, that that can be drawn out of us too. So the whole monster thing, Ben Mendo, could well be just um, plasma trying to communicate in a way that um, that that um, whatever this guy was putting out in his psyche. So. It's like the old, the old adage, you know, be careful what you think, you'll manifest. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it's, I find that interesting, like even that comment there in regards to about manifestation of things like tulpas and egregores and, and, and things like that. Um, and mm. I always think of the UFO phenomena and think of where did the first thought come from or who's implanting it in their mind to actually think of these things. So that if, if it is yeah. that way in regards to mm. manifestation through like creating a tulpa by thinking about it. Um, yeah. Where does the initial thought come from? Is there, people, is, there, is there something putting that thought in people's minds to actually mm. make a, a communal you know, thought to yeah. make it appear? <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of the uh, the Virgin Mary sightings uh, start off as, as a ball of light. I think that uh, place in Spain where there was a mass Virgin Mary sighting, the, the first thing they saw was a ball of light coming down mm-hmm. and then morphing into the Virgin Mary as it approached them. Uh, it's the same with um, the Virgin Mary sightings in Cairo uh, in, the, in the Coptic Quarter that were filmed and photographed on many occasions. Uh, in fact, it, it was probably one of the best cases of, of 
of plasma manifestation I've ever heard of. Um, and uh, you have seen lots of photographs of, 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 light, of a light, a very bright light, starting to morph into a figure. Because all the people below were, were, were sort of highly Catholic religious people. It was in the Coptic quarter. Mm-hmm. And it happened to um, manifest as the Virgin Mary for them. And um, But you could see it was really a light being that was um, just been uh, morphing. It, was, uh, it wasn't um, an alien, as mm-hmm. many people thought, or, or, or it was, well, for them, the real Virgin Mary. But... Um, no, that's what um, they all wanted to see. They all want to have that kind of experience. It was an interesting comment in regards, to, I can't remember who made the comment, um, but it was in regards to the recent disclosure process um, in America about UFOs, UAP and, and, and things like that, if you follow that, that kind of side of it. And um, there's like parts of the US government don't want, don't want to deal with it because they think it's, demons or whatever right that's that's the thing is getting bandied about because they're mm. um religious fundamentalists or maybe something to know um and there's others who don't want it because it's just technology and it's all into money and stuff and um but but somebody made a comment i can't remember who it was about um why the it's, it's no getting released or the information they're getting released is because if you release it to the, the public then it exists as in like we we the general, there's more people to create it. <laughs> you yes. know I mean? In regards to like tulpas and, and things like that, you know I mean, which I found quite interesting. Yes. Don't believe it's that, but um, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting way of thinking about it. Um, yeah. that, you could go down a few rabbit holes with that one. Yeah. Well, definitely. There's so many <laughs> rabbit holes. I, I think at the moment I'm more fascinated with parts. you know, the out-of-place objects that are found all over the world in deep mines, um, like the Dorchester vase, which is a, a perfect sort of metallic vase that was blasted out of um, a geological layer uh, millions of years old. Yeah. Uh, and it was actually perfect. And then, and then uh, um, it was examined by, by experts. Uh, and then as all these things, you know, they disappear, they suddenly disappear um, as if some organisation somewhere mops them up. To, um, to keep this. or something like that. Uh, some... Yeah, yeah, that, that's been banded around a lot. Yeah, that their, yeah. their main purpose is to uh, put a lid on anything uh, other than that we are the 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 only race uh, that's evolved on this planet. Um, yeah, that then the but somebody recently uh, has found it in a, a, a an Indian museum, an exact uh, look like a replica of the Dorchester vase, but of course it isn't. But uh, it's a candle holder, so. The weirdest thing is, what would be a candle holder doing um, in a layer of millions of years BC? Of course, when it came out the layer, the shape of the vase was actually in the rock, so yeah, it, it wasn't uh, fake. And, and there's other things that've been found as well recently that um, that that uh, I know it's almost impossible, but yeah, uh, it is. I believe because I'm lucky enough to live very close to Portland. And the Isle of Portland has one of probably one of the greatest records of human history in its geological layers, mm-hmm. because it's it's for millions of years it's been gentle seas, that leaving sediment. Whereas in other areas of the country there's turbulence and yeah. volcanic rocks, like in Scotland, you know it's hard to see the geological layer there because you've had a lot of um, movement in the land uh, over, and flooding. Um, but here in Dor- it's just sort of gentle seas 
And so you, you see all these layers that um, going up the cliff. Uh, and recently, a dinosaur has been found, you know, just over halfway up. Mm -hmm. So further down, there's still all these layers. Yes. And you think, uh, and the human history is just a couple of feet at the top. Mm. Uh, and yet there's five, 600 feet of these cliffs. The dinosaurs are halfway down. And then you've got all these other layers. And in those layers are little sort of, bands like black fragments which people say they may well be record of of global warming yeah in the past where civilizations like us have come and and gone to um to the extreme um and and sort of perished in some cataclysm or something other they're making yeah. um and all that is now is just a black line but there are a lot of black lines uh now people are starting to realize that uh, there, there, there were other uh, civilizations before ours. Mm. And that because the earth has reaped itself and covered everything up and squashed it into a, a, a little layer, there's, um, there's no way we'll ever know that, that, that unless we find these oo-parts. Um, so mm. I'm very interested in these oo-parts because uh, people who are psychic, like myself and others, know and, and sense... Um, these other world, other sort of places like Atlantis, Lemuria, and all these places, we 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 know that they exist. They existed. Yeah, uh, it's it's in it's in our bones, if you like. Um, we can't be told they never existed because we kind of know in our in our soul, in our being, that they did exist. Mm. But finding evidence is slim. But there are now people looking at these layers and finding the chemical analysis that uh, there was global warming. And perhaps, you know, in some of these layers, they will find evidence of human civilizations. Hmm. And, it's an interesting area. Sorry, yeah. when you go. No, it's fine. I'm just saying we, we might end up just another layer. In a, in a million years' time, we may just be another layer on, on the Isle of Portland. Probably if we don't get our act together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think... It's difficult because you know we're we're expanding. People don't want to talk about population expansion, and that's what's going to cause the end of the world, not um, global warming. And we're we're actually killing the earth with the non sheer number of people that have been born on the earth. I mean, um, the, the thing with that, that aspect as well, like killing the earth, I always can kind of say it's it's we're we're not really we're, we're kind of wasting it for ourselves in any regard. We'll just make it on. Um, unhospitable for us it'll probably go on and, and live again the earth in regards but um i will the the earth uh i've been being a person who, who's 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 gone around healing the earth for, for a long long time and, and working with groups who want to heal the earth um for me i feel the earth is telling me you know we don't need the healing you do yeah. now, you <laughs> you as individuals need the healing the earth, the earth will help you and that is the biggest message that we put out in our books that you know we fight fight walking the pathways and connecting with these energies helps awaken us awaken us up now because you know now is the time because you know the population is expanding to such a degree now that we have to do the awakening now um otherwise we'll just um we'll just perish like it will be another layer in portland it's um, but a lot of people don't realize um, how quickly um, the population of the world is expanding. Uh, I remember Dan Brown did something, and it was filmed in in one of the um, one of the series about uh, this this fictional guy who's who's who's, who's talking about expansion saturations, 
uh, is all true. Uh, that is happening. But of course, you know, that's the last thing governments want to focus on or world councils. It's, it's, it's the, the elephant in the room, the sort of overpopulation. Mm-hmm. Well, overpopulation is one thing, but it's the, the distribution of wealth and then even what the wealth spent on in regards to, you know, I mean, rather than spending trillions or like trillions in, in military stuff and, and technologies that way, you know, I mean, they could be putting that money a lot better use in helping the populations of um, some of their own countries and other countries rather than just the, the war machine. Um, but that's yeah. the interesting thing that now I do find is like the the whole disclosure process is, is potentially happening um, in America, if no other places, as um, the yeah. technologies and what comes out for that. And then there's, it opens up a, a lot of other um, cans of worms if it eventually mm-hmm. does come out, you know what I mean, in regards to who we are, where we've came from, mm-hmm. um, past civilizations, uh, all the type of questions are, are going to be yes. opened up as well. It's not just a case of are we alone in the universe? Um, mm-hmm. I mean that 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 question has been answered probably. I mean, it's like it, yes. it's just a case of mm-hmm. uh, trying to get the rest of the population to actually open their eyes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, one of the things I've learned is, is we are not alone. You know, I mean, being, being a person like I am, um, I've felt alone quite a lot throughout my life. But then, then now I realise I'm not alone. There's a lot of people um, who are awakening and and then realising that we're all connected on a on a spiritual and an energetic level. Mm-hmm. You know, with um, um, in science is now proving that, you know, in quantum science, um, mm-hmm. you know, as particle science, we're, we're all connected um, and they're proving that now. So that we are the ones that are closing ourselves off to others. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got to learn to, to open up um, to, to get that sort of connective collective thing going on again. And, and that's, that's what it, it's what is happening. I mean, there's so many young people now that are turning on to us. We're selling more books to younger people now than we've done for the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's always been people of, of you know, over, over 50s that seem to be more interested in, in being more spiritual or, or the, the sacred sites. But the young people are turning into it, turning on to it much quicker and, and um, at a faster pace now. So it's it's quite encouraging what we're seeing yeah definitely yeah, that's good i mean and that's what i was saying as well even with the i, I refer to the disclosure process to that because it's it's that mm. could be like another people who maybe don't believe are in it interested in any of these type of subjects it might just be the opening door for them to look at everything else um and yeah. that's what's it's, that's what i find quite intriguing and, and what it's going to do it's not for me it's not just about um for, for that aspect anyway, not just about the, the existence of something, it's about the other questions and answers that come for after that and it, the eyes opening for other people, you know what I mean? So. Yes, and I think people will, will, will discover that, you know, the free energy is 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 available mm-hmm. uh, and it has been available for a long time. There, there is in which people can actually have lives without that um, being a slave to a system. Um, and actually be more spiritual and, and learn about everything more because most people don't have the time to look at this stuff. You know, from, from as soon as they leave school, they're in ed- bound up in education, which leads them along certain paths and probably not the true path. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they either get married, have children, that's the focus because money keeps them struggling 
And by the time you've got through all that, um, there's only if, if you survive all that, um, then you might start to have time to look at what's really going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you're right. I think, you know, disclosure is going to be a way of waking people up. But, but with that, you know, will come probably collapse of systems, you know, mm -hmm. that, but it has to happen for it to, to be corrected. And it's, it's interesting as well, even like talking about this uh, disclosure, when you've got um, high-ranking people who were in charge of some of these well, the programs, and um, they're they've came out like Lou Elizondo, for example. He they were talking about um, what we talked about there about the existence of other civilizations here. Gone past, he says we've all got from what he's looked at and what he knows. Obviously, kind of divulge a lot of stuff, but if you look at if you look at we, our recordings, you could probably look at our recordings and, and digging wise and, and gone back through civilizations for what we can find. You can only maybe go back to about seven or eight thousand years, and then it gets a bit hazy after that. Mm. Um, yeah. But I mean, but it's not you say there wasn't a lot of stuff before that. And and he mm. goes on to talk about um an influence in our DNA 70,000 years ago and things like that. And you think to yourself, where is he getting that from? You know what I mean? This is a top yeah. military guy, you know what I mean? And he's He's, he's not just coming out, out with that, but his own kind of... Um, he, he says things for a reason. Um, mm. So I so it's, it's interesting. I just think it all kind of... It's good to see things like that link into mm. a lot of different areas. You know what I mean? So it, it does kind of... Because before... Before... Mm. You probably even... I'd say even before um, 2017, um, you still had a lot of, for example, ufologists who wouldn't mm. talk about... Um, they were just totally nuts and bolts when they talk about anything yes. else other nuts and bolts and yes. then they, yeah. they wouldn't talk about like people call it the woo factor you, you wouldn't, mm. people would, wouldn't entertain kept his big foot in like that at all mm. they wouldn't entertain um, and you had all these different things but people would start to see we're going through like the John Keel method that it's yeah. it's all part of the same ecosystem um, yeah. in some sense you know what I mean but it's, um, it's yeah I recommend people read his works because uh, yeah definitely yeah, I mean he he's he's a master at the of mystery, uh, and he's looked at so many cases. I, I probably don't have to to mention it here, but um, because he's so well known. But for me, when I came across his his work, it was like, oh, thank God, somebody done this work. Absolutely amazing. I mean, <laughs> you know? the thing I found about John Keel is you could pick a John, a John Keel book up the now mm. and read that, and it'd be relevant to what's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing I always could find. Because I can mind you listening. I used to, I do a lot of audio listening to books and stuff like that as well as reading. Um, I tend to, to um, audio and listen now because of the fact that I, I do a bit of driving and stuff. And yeah. um, for the John Keel, I mean, a lot of his stuff basically just is so relevant in any, yeah. any, any kind of time frame. Yeah, I, I was reading the Fourteen Times the other day, and they had an article about the Mothman in Kent. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, you know, it's a it's interesting uh, the, the location. Uh, it, this creature has been seen on uh, by dozens of people uh, uh, at certain times um, over a period of time. Um, and again, you know, it's an area that is full of fault lines. Balls of light have been seen in the area. Preceding the sighting, there's been a ball of light as if, uh, and that, that's a, a, a usual, again, 
Key, even John Key would say that there's a link between the balls, the plasma balls of light and these beings. Mm. Um, so, it, yeah, it's all, all the ingredients are there in Nat Mothman's tale in Kent, yeah. uh, which I found very interesting. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's great. I think what's going on at the moment is lots of good research going on and some great, great books that are around um, talking about plasma. Um, yeah, Robert Temple's book, um, excellent book. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. It's on, uh, that's a great, it's his latest book and it's about plasma and um, he, he puts lots of links together. Um, yeah. Links the psychic phenomena with um, with some of the, with, it, with plasma that I'm discovering and mm-hmm. um, and actually articulating it in a way that people start to understand, yeah. you know that plasma is one of the you know fundamental and dynamic uh, components of everything that uh, that exists, mm-hmm. um, and that we've actually come from plasma, and that we're not heading towards plasma. We've come from plasma. We're heading back towards it because mm-hmm. um, plasma is the core of, uh, of the creation of the whole solar system. Many of the worlds out there are plasma planets. Um, we are a carbon world living amongst a huge plasma arena. So it's like, why are we at such a low state of vibration? You know, that's one of the questions you should say, why are all these higher vibrational worlds around us and we are of a low vibration? Mm-hmm. And then I think, you start to get into the spiritual stuff again. That's that is a deliberate environment for souls to learn. And, yeah, yeah, I mean that definitely. That's that, that's the way it came. It seems like the, the recycling, uh, um, reincarnation, yeah. and and doing that for some yeah. learning process, or I mean, trap for some kind of um, for some kind of process as well. I mean, but I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I mean, definitely. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things we were not allowed to know. Um, and a lot of people have been silenced, you know, and, um, but, you know, it's, I, I think um, we're coming to a time where a cusp now where things are beginning to change and systems are beginning to break down and this knowledge is starting to come through. Mm. And so a lot of us feel more ease of talking about these things because mm. uh, before we'd be ridiculed um, and no one's going to believe me anyway, because I'm not an academic, I have no qualifications. So, you know, um, whatever I do, um, if I uh, put all this stuff out in a big way, um, I would easily be um, discredited. But the thing but is, though, I've got the freedom to look and decide. But it's up to people who listen to this or listen to anything to know and, and take what they need from it. Um, because you know, you need to do this journey yourself. You know, it's like the Grail journey. You have to do it by yourself um you know yeah link with others and do that but but you know the all the decisions and everything has to come from you and not oh shall i do this what should tell me where to go what to do what stone do i need you know mm-hmm. these are all these things uh, we get questioned a lot and really this is something people should do for themselves and use their own intuition and the inner gut feeling because that's what you know my salvation in a way that's that's the thing as well in regards to the scientific method. It doesn't conform to any of this type of phenomena. I mean, it does to a certain point when you look at quantum physics and consciousness yeah. and things like yeah. that, right? It's starting to converge a bit. But if you look yeah. at it in the past, scientific methods don't really work because most of um, this type of stuff in regards to the paranormal or UFOs or whatever, 
Um, it's always been based on witness testimony or, or experience. And yes. the scientific method doesn't kind of be doing that that road. But if you took that stance and everything, then mm. you you take you take witness testimony and other stuff about like things like where you were born or of mm. who your parents are and, and things like that. Yeah. You wouldn't go down that route, you wouldn't you couldn't believe in anything. You know yeah. what I mean? So it needs to be some type of kind of line drawn. But I, I think you've been we're we're living in a time now where you're actually seeing a bit of convergence with it and we'll go, I think we'll jump past that. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. But it's always going to be difficult when there are only a few percent of the population who are psychic and can see and hear and experience these things, and other people will not see it. Uh, I love cases like the one on the Isle of Wight where a house appears every New Year's Eve, uh, and it has been appearing for, for over 100 years. But every, every year it appears, it, 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 it's, it's, uh, there's a little bit less of it, as if the battery is running out. Mm -hmm. uh, and so lots of people go there to this viewing spot, uh, spot and, and look for this house. And out of 50 people, five or 10 will see it, and mm -hmm. the rest won't. And, and the person sat, stood next to him will be seeing it, experiencing it. And, and he'll be looking at that person and think, well, I can't see it. You know, are you mad? Or am I mad? Um, why can't I see it? Why, why do you see it? And I don't see it. You know, it's little things like that. That is the problem. Um, mm -hmm. for, for people like us, we see and know these things, but if you don't, we, how can we prove it to you? Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, that is it. Without science. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully we get there we at some point. Um, well, I think there's enough of us now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's enough. the thing. There's enough of people out there and, and trying yeah. to, as you say, writing books and yeah. people talking about it and trying to get the conversation going yeah. about I mean, people have been doing that for, like, the age, um, but I think there's more and more people um, doing it now and getting a bit more traction with it. So hopefully we can, yeah. it's, it does get a bit more traction. And yeah. in regards to... Um, I will put all your um your books and your your link to your website in the show notes. If you want to just say it in audio wise where people can find you, uh, <laughs> things like that. And yeah, um, your website and that and stuff like that. Yes, which is www.bellinusline or bellinusline dot com, all one word, bellinusline, b e l i n u s l i n e dot com. That will get you through to um, to the information pages about what we do, what the books contain, um, reviews, and and how to buy the book if you want to sign copies. Otherwise, um, they're on usual eBay, uh, Amazon, um, which I, uh, as a bookseller, I am um, I loathe, but um, they have got the market. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I do. I try and get people because we we are self employed and we we spend all our money on these books. The uh, buying it the website. buying it directly from us gives us a little bit more money. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But, um, because we're not um, because of the way we live and the amount of travelling we've done, the amount of um, you can imagine the amount of work we've done on the spine of Albion and the Holy Axis, the amount of time and money. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's never been for the money. It's, it's never been about materialism for us. It's about the the passion to uncover the unknown, and and guidance as well. Because all these books we've been kind of given divine guidance for, um, and we know we're not mad. <laughs> Most people who know us are not mad, 
Um, in fact, most of the people we know can also sense and feel and, and douse these energies as we can. Mm. So um, we're, we're kind of a, a small group of people that are struggling. But, um, but that's, 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 what we're, um, that's what we're about, the passion, really, I suppose. Um, which um, next we still have, to, still have to work for a living, of course. But, uh, yeah. what's, what's, what's next for <laughs> you in regards to research? Um, we're, um, I, I've, I was, uh, the Avebury thing has been going around in my head because with anything, I, I find these things out psychically. Um, I get told about them, and I see them, and then I have to think, oh God, how am I going to write about this? So I'm looking for evidence to back up what I've already seen about the, the real purpose of places like Avebury, Stonehenge, Silbury Hill, particularly Silbury Hill. That place is a real calling spot for many psychic people. Um, and there's, uh, rather than rather like Camp Apple, I suppose, and some yeah. other places, they're kind of places that call people. Um, and um, they affect people like us. They, they sometimes charge us up and, and make us even more psychic if we're there at the right time, the right uh, spot. Um, and that's key with all sacred sites, is being there at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, saying sometimes saying the right words or sounds, um, you know, it's it, it, timing is key with a lot, uh, yeah. And because, and and often I say to people, um, how do we know what's the time to be at a certain place? I said, sometimes the monument will tell you what time the ancients laid out a code of, of recognition of these, uh, of when to be there by the orientation uh, of these mounds or, or these barrows or these tumuluses or certain sight lines. So you know, look for the clues and you find ways to connect. But um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at some of the mysteries uh, of Silver Hill and um, I've been reading a lot about it lately and discovering that it, it wasn't a hill built uh, as a, an effigy. It, it was not a, a goddess hill that was built uh, so that the ancients could admire it, uh, their achievements. Um, this hill has a function exactly like the pyramids in Egypt, not exactly like the pyramids in Egypt, but it has a function the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they are, in a way, they're not machines, but they're kind of organic machines, if you like, and they had a purpose. And I discovered through through the dreams I'd had when I stayed very close to Silbury Hill, one of the, the reasons why the hill was erected. And I realised that the key was about the time and and what was going on and and I, and I realized that and I found the information from um, different parts of the world and people have been writing similar things and then that, about plasma and, and uh, earth energies and and other things to do cataclysms and I'm putting it all together now so um, that's that's coming up but uh, also we're, we're off to Mexico to uh, to do some sort of global serpent line sort of stuff. Um, that seems to be an intuitive thing at the moment. So I'm not sure what's going to come out of that until we've actually done it. So, um, so yeah, and of course we're having a kind of a year off because we've, you know, we've been writing nonstop since, well, not nonstop, but we've been writing since uh, 2000 and, um, 2005 when we started The Spine of Albion. Um, and every year we've been, we, all our spare time has gone into the research and compiling all for the three books. 
Uh, so this year is a kind of a year to explore a bit mm-hmm. and find new things. So that's that's what we're up to this year. So very interesting. Listen, it's been really interesting having you on and it was a, a great chat with you. Um, so I appreciate your time. And yeah, uh, I'll put the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, everyone. That's a wrap tonight. And don't forget to subscribe, share and like the content if you like it, that is. And also even leave a review. It helps with the algorithms, helps us grow and brings more content to the show. Thanks again and catch you all soon.